Welcome to Educating African Americans for the 21st Century, A Call to Action. This is a production of Inward Journeys Consulting, an educational consulting company founded by Drs. Chris and Neka Harrison. Inward Journeys Consulting partners with schools, parents, and community-based organizations to improve K-12 education by providing quality services, collaboration, and educational solutions. For more information, visit our website at inwardjourneysconsulting.com. As you listen to this presentation, be informed, inspired, and take action. Okay, I got a little bit of time, so I can say good morning. Good morning. Um, first of all, let me say I am very humble and elated to have the opportunity to speak with you today and to be uh, invited to be a part of this movement um, dealing with the African-American students in the education system. Uh, and I dare, dare to say that we are in an urgent situation. Um, there's no other way to look at it. And I'm scared to see that if things continue to go in the direction that they're going in, what our communities are going to look like in the next five years. I mean, things are really... We, we don't have a choice but to make a change. That's, that's just the way it goes. And we can't wait for somebody to rescue us. We can't wait for, for, for the system to change because the system is not going to change. If it was going to change, we would have seen something going on 30 years ago. But if it's going to do anything, it's going to get more worse. It's, going to, it, it's just going to tighten up on us. So the only one that's going to rescue us is us. Um, and I guess part of what I'm supposed to do up here is give us a little bit of um, information on how that change can take place in conjunction with the school system. Um, sometimes you have to be outside of the system in order to work within the system. Um, and as stated, I've worked in the system for a number of years. And um, I've had my own experience with the system. I don't want to take a whole lot of time because I know that there's a lot of good information to go around today. Um, so I'll just get right into it. Um, as, as earlier, the Dr. Harrisons. <laughs> and I, I, I like that, Dr. Harrisons. They actually um, provided us questions to help us stay focused because there's a lot I mean, we can't help but to feel this, this crisis. So we all have opinions, we have emotions, we have feelings, and, and we can be all over the place and we can be all day. So they actually gave us a few questions to help keep us focused and, and centralized. I am a talker. But I'm honest to God, I'm gonna try to get you, I'm gonna get out of your face as fast as possible, but I don't wanna shortchange you at the same time. So with that said, um, I'm not going to read the questions, but I'm going to just go right into it. Um, our children are challenged in realizing their academic potential due to a number of factors. One being the fact that schools are not equipped to deal with the many issues that our children bring in with them into an academic setting. Um, one thing that I've always found kind of funny about going to a school and, and again, I taught at a and um, it was one of the 
you know, they say challenging, at risk, all this old kind of lingo and language, you know. Um, so, and, and I will say it's a, it was challenging, but I don't think no kid is at risk or whatever the case may be. Um, I think those labels that scare people and, and all, all this other kind of stuff. But anyway, um, it was challenging because of the environment uh, that, that the students come from and come with and come with to us with at the school site. Um, so a lot of times what you ask yourself as an educator, man, there's no system to help deal with this because when I was um, coming through my education program, we wouldn't talk how to deal with this. But we're asked to do a number of different things. So, and then you go to the administration or you look at the school board or the, the, the larger entity and system, and you wonder why, why there's nothing in place to help deal with this so I can concentrate on my job of teaching. Why isn't there something to help our kids deal with the issues that they bring that they have no control over? The school system isn't designed for that. And I think that that's one of the many problems that we have in education um, and dealing with our kids. Secondly, teachers are not trying to help students process or deal with their anger, fear, and pain. They come in so angry, and it has nothing to do with the people that stand in front of them. It has to do with all that crap they deal with outside, on the way to school, at the house, and what they see on TV about themselves. They are off most of the time when they come to school. So you trying to teach them a math problem, and they thinking about what are we going to what are we going to eat tonight? I got to get out here and hustle and keep the lights on tonight. Am I going to see my mom tonight? Is she going to be at the house? Or I wanted that dude, my dad, you know, who came to the house the other day. All that rolling around, and we expected to teach them the 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 all kind of the, the content areas and all this kind of stuff, which and and. We're not taught how to filter that stuff out so that we can teach, but we expect it to do this. Go figure, it's the system. So next it seems to be that a culture that devalues the importance of education and encourage a right now attitude that places emphasis on deviant behavior that is per that is excuse me, that is oh, I can't read my own that is perpetuated by all forms of the media. So, what I mean by that exactly is, here we are in a culture and a society where so many things about the here, right now, you're going to be all right if you have this. You're going to be all right if you look like this. You, if you go out there and you get this at this right now, everything going to be fine and you can forget about your problems. Never mind that you're 13 and you don't need, you shouldn't even be running around worried about a job right now. You're 13 and who's supposed to have $400 shoes on right now? But this message is perpetuated to our children in all the media, from songs, music videos, even the TV shows that they watch. And it almost, it, it almost, it excuses them to act crazy because everybody watched Housewives from Atlanta and they on TV just acting a fool. And, and, and our kids bring all that to school with them and they think that, well, 
if you're not acting like that, something wrong with you. Something. So I got to act like that so I can be like everybody else. Because I see it when I'm on my way to school. I see it in my own house. I see it on TV. They talk about it in the music. I see it on a poster in the billboard. Boards on the side of the bus when they got them gold teeth going. You know that? So I got to act like that. Most of them that even got on proper fitting pants hold their pants like this. Because everybody doing it. And, it's, and again, it's perpetuated throughout every form of media and with the people that's supposed to be rearing our children. Because dare I say, we have a lot of adults who are no more than aged children. Yeah. On this particular topic, um, the most critical of all are the lack of healthy communities, home environments, and little or no parenting agents to provide the fundamental foundation all children need to build resiliency and along, along with a zest and appreciation for learning. That's been totally wiped out. Um, I remember growing up when nobody, I, out of all my partners, I was the only one that had a dad at the house. And I felt as though I was wrong, something was wrong with me because everybody I know didn't have a dad. So I remember thinking like, dude, why are you at home? You know, I mean, that's just, it, it was just so normal. We stayed in a little house on 71st. All my papa stayed in the projects. I was like, why I got to live in a house? <laughs> uh, 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 in a church right now, you know, they do what they want to do. Why I got to have rules, you know, they, they, light street lights getting ready to come on, I hear that buzz, and I got to take off to get to the house. They like still doing that thing, and I'm like, dang man, why I got all these rules and everything. And, 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 and the thing that was, that, that the oxymoron was when I got home and felt all that, there was nobody at the house that was breaking that down, like, son, um, that is the abnormal way things are done. The way things are done in this house is the normal way. But nobody was telling me that. When I went to school, they didn't tell me what the difference between normal and abnormal was. I was just going there and I felt like I was an outcast because I had my homework and nobody else did. <laughs> and, 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 and then you get talked about for having your homework, so you don't even want to turn your homework in. But the teacher now expects you to have your homework, so they're calling your name, and then you're like, look, look, I know if I answer, they're going to call me the pug, and all this kind of stuff, then they're going to be on my head, and everything. And, and again, the teachers aren't taught the skills to recognize this and deal with that in the classroom and make that student or myself who went through that feel there's nothing wrong with me because I want an education. Where the theme is, you've got to be some kind of clown in order to get your props. Now, somewhere down the line, our parents stop parenting. I mean, we got to be honest with it. We, just, we, we cannot afford to joke around like this, and we can't put it on a community's back that's sick. The community is out of, is out of rack right now. So we can't go and say we got to take it back to the community. That's throwing, that's putting, that's putting some blood on the sheets and sending them out to the lines right now, because the community is shattered right now. So we got to, unless the thought is fix the community, then have the community come back in and, and, and help our kids. Right now, you know, responsible people got to take over. 
responsible people, and it's got to be, there's a saying in, in the club, and that's, if I don't do it, it won't get done. And we all have to have that mentality when we're dealing with our kids. It won't get done if I don't do it. If they're doing something wrong, we can no longer afraid to afford to be afraid to say, we need to cut that out. I mean, you know, and, and, and whatever comes with that, but we got to stop being afraid. And one thing I said when I was going into the classroom, I'm not going to let my 13-year-old punch me. <laughs> I might not be able to teach or whatever case, but you're going to do what I say, you know, at least that much. So when, so when, when, when we recognize that the parenting agent at the house is not there, we're going to have to do something about that with that child. Because you can't, an adult is on their own, they're they doing their thing, they're, I'm sure there's services to help them. But for the most part, the easiest way to go about it is getting that child back on track because that's the next community. If that child gets it and understands what that zest for education looks like, understands the difference between what is normal behavior and abnormal behavior, and be able and let us define what that message in that media really means for them, that is death and incarceration, and you got to step away from that, it ain't going to happen. But that's on us to do, especially us with the common sense, us that are the grown adults, instead of those adult children running around. Intervention in our students' life in the normal school setting can translate into improved academic performance inside the classroom. Most young people understand or have to understand that they make decisions based on bad information, bad instruction, bad example, and bad advice. They don't know that they're operating off a bad margin right now. Everything that they've gotten, every decision that they make, when you ask them, did you think? No, they didn't. Everything is automatic because what they have grown up with is either insane in the house, Again, it's that insane messaging. And again, if there's nobody around to, to, to define or be able to help them understand what all of this is, they got to make up their own mind. And somebody said it earlier, you got to blind lead the blind. If you got somebody else who's like, oh, then you're both going to make those decisions and run out there and do all that. So somebody's going to have to make that, help them make those decisions. And again, I go back to the fact that most schools are not equipped to do that because they have no idea. They don't even know or realize that this stuff exists within the students because they're not taught from the gate. They learn all this stuff about Maslow and all the theory and learn about the, 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 the content area, but what is it in that kid that drives that kid to make that decision concretely? They don't have a clue. That's why they have deer in the headlights look when certain things happen, they, they don't know just like the kid don't know. And the kid, by nature, expect the adult to know because you're older than me, you're bigger than me, you got a college degree, you should know more than me. But you mean to tell me we looking at each other the same way? <laughs> Ain't gonna happen. So what we have to do is take all that bad stuff and flip it around. They have to get good advice good instruction, good information, and you have to be a good example. We cannot have somebody walking around talking all that stuff while a block away, they're doing something completely different. That is not on track. You can't have that track. And again, going back to the media, you have all these 
clowns who do all this talking and, and what really makes me sick is the is the sports and the athletes that get on TV with all these 30 second second spaces. Um, the NBA cares. Or and they show them in a little hat building this stuff. But you know, they out there toting guns and doing all this crazy kind of stuff, and they have no care about nobody in the community. Because most of the time they do that stuff in the other people's community. They don't even go back to where they originally came from. But again, they put up as far as these models go, or the role models go, for our kids to achieve to. But what they're getting is a messaging that you want what they got, not necessarily the roadmap of how to be successful, but they bypass all of that and just go all the way to all my bling and my cars and all this and be like me and all this other kind of stuff when they have to learn the value of human life first. And most of the time, all they learn is a game where taking chances is how it is. And that ain't how it's supposed to be. But again, our kids don't know that. And far too often, our school system cannot address it. And the people in the classroom, they don't have a clue. So those of us who do have a clue, it's our responsibility to put that message in their mind. It's our responsibility to define those pictures and those images for what they really are and not let our children figure it out for themselves because they're going to figure it out wrong. And if we don't, and if we somehow think that that's not going to happen, all we got to do is look at that 150th or any other juvenile center or any other graveyard. I mean, I was just talking to some brothers. I didn't come up to Mills College so I was there. I didn't know what was behind that big old gate on the tree. But because I never knew or nobody exposed me to it, how would I know? Not even the teachers that did know ever said, well, don't you got a college right up the street? Why don't you walk on campus and see what a college campus is like? I didn't get the opportunity to even think about college till I was 18, 19. That is crazy because those other people are telling their kids they go to college when they get out the womb at home. I told you I could talk. <laughs> Innovation for African American students must not be limited to an academic focus solely. We cannot walk up and say, look, you're going to have to learn how to read, write, and do arithmetic, and you're going to be all right. They got so much other stuff in there, they looking at you like, are you kidding me? Man, I'm not worried about that again. I'm hungry tonight. I don't know what I'm facing when I go home. In fact, my mama told me not to come home because she got company coming over. What the heck do you want me to think about this right here and here? That ain't going to work. So, <laughs> bad idea if we just going to worry about making sure they know their ABCs and one, two, three. Most of our kids are bright. Most of our kids got, I mean, we, haven't you ran into some kids that just, and you tell them all the time, you are so smart. You can figure this out and figure that out and figure that out. And they really look at you. Now, this is going to age you a little bit or tell your age, but so I'm not going to say raise your hand or anything, but Charlie Brown. Remember when the adults spoke and all they heard was mama, mama, mama? Now, when I was little, I didn't understand. But now that I'm older, they really hear us talking as mama, 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 and have no clue what we're talking about because it doesn't make sense. It doesn't translate. The language is just like, so... So what we have to do is start to educate our kids on more than just education. We have to look at dealing with that anger, fear, and pain, emotional residue, deflating this emotional balloon that they walk into the classroom with because all the kids 
Fellas know, no, but all the kids walk in big giant balloons and they're ready to pop. They're full. They're like ready. So the littlest thing, and it can be just good morning, bam, and they're going off, bam. And the, uh, before you know it, you got balloons going off on water. So you're like, damn. And then that's your wild school. That's the thing you don't need. Your heart type stuff. But if you don't deal with that stuff and let that out, how can you get something in with something that's full? And it's not going to happen. And again, our people are not trained to recognize that, to deal with that, to even look for that. All they deal with is, let me give you this referral and you got to go, you know? And I'm not saying some kids don't need referrals, but I'm saying if you don't give a referral, refer them to something. They got the beast, but you ain't going back to the system. So then, so, so we have to keep our kids safe, of course, but our kids engage in risky behaviors, surrounding themselves with risk factors for incarceration and violence, along with living by commandments of violence that has in, interrupted, the, that has, inter, I'm sorry, interfered with the natural process of learning. They are living by this particular program. And the program that they're living by is insidious. They believe that that program is actually going to keep them alive, free, and help them survive. And they're not even conscious enough to look and see, my cousin went to jail, my cousin got killed, doing the same thing that I'm out here doing. The way it translates to them, they messed up. They were slipping in the game. That ain't going to be me. Bad wiring, again, one 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 factor. So we have to get explain that to our kids definitively. Look, this is what this is, not what you think it is. This is how it's going to be. And again, if you're not trying to do it, if nobody brings it to you as the as the teacher, as the administrator, as the school system, then how can you help them deal with these issues? It's not going to happen. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's just not going to happen. To counteract this, we must work to prevent, intervene, and treat the disease that get in the way of our, ch of our children's learning. So many times, we look at things in the box that is presented to us. We have to go outside the box. We have to look at this, and, and, and for some, this might sound familiar. For others, this might sound totally different. You have to look at this as a disease, from my perspective, from the perspective that I learned. Um, with germs and the whole nine yards. Um, and you have to treat the disease. If you don't treat the disease, it grows and it winds up killing you. So our kids are suffering from a social disease that they picked up from those around them. It acts just like any other disease. If you got a cold, if you got the flu, Stay away from them. Cover your mouth and all that. Well, our kids are picking up all that stuff from the house, from the neighborhood, all the way to, and in a lot of cases, at schools too. And they're not being insulated. They're not being inoculated. They're not being treated for what's causing that illness. Because they walk around and say it all the time, man, you sick. And they don't even recognize what they're saying. But, but really, they are suffering from a sickness that is causing them to lose, to make decisions to lose their life or freedom. Because they, 
And, and, and again, I go back to the insidiousness. Nobody wake up in the morning and say, you know what? I'm going to get my head blown off today. Let me make sure I go and get the haircut, put on my Jordans and my jeans. Nobody wake up in the morning deciding that. Nobody wake up and say, you know what? I think I'm going to go with Pookie and we're going to go to jail for the rest of our life. Nobody wake up like that. And nobody think that that information that they're living off of is designed to do that. They all think that it's going to be the exact opposite. But again, it's up to us to, to, to expose it for exactly what it is. And too often, our teachers have to worry about all this other stuff. Our administration has to worry about all this other stuff. I ain't even going to get it to the government because they are not worried about it, period. And, well, that's a whole mess speech in itself because, no, I will say this. We spend more time on a mundane track that's right in front of us that's designed to take us off the big picture. And I'm not going to, I'm going to say this. Now, if you take it wrong, you take it wrong. But I'm not taking anything away from the tragedy of Oscar Grant. But we're willing to burn innocent homes down, destroy people's property who had nothing to do with that, rather than go downtown and tell those people, do not take the money from my children's education. What the heck are you doing, Arnold Schwarzenegger, taking four or five million dollars, saying you're going to pay it back, and turn around and say, I'm not giving it back to you? And nobody going down there to raise our age about it? But when somebody take a TV show off, we want to say, oh, that's wrong. We're going to write all kinds of letters for it. We'll find a way to get TiVo to take all this kind of crap. We'll find a way to do all this other crazy stuff. But the stuff that really counts, right over our head. So, if, and, and see, the only thing these people understand is getting voted out of office. The only thing, these, that's why they do what they do to us. Because we don't take the right approach to deal with these suckers the way they need to be dealt with. Then the system will change. Then we'll exalt our power. Until we get to that level, and they can sit up there all day long and say, yeah, you can shout all you want. I got security in front of you, so you're not going to touch me. And we're still taking that 85 million away from you. You figure it out what you're going to do. Now, nah, it should be when education is the basis of how any society can keep perpetuating itself to make sure that those that are young grow up, function, and be able to take it over. That is the most important thing. But it's treated as such because again, on the big system, the haves and have-nots and all that whole thing, I don't want to get in that. But we have to take the earnest on. We do. And we can't wait for a bunch of other people to figure it out with us. Those that know have to go. Those that know, the more you know, the more you owe. You owe it to yourself and to the next generation. If you say you want to be a part of it, and you say you want to help it, then that makes sense. But now, if you just want to be on the sideline, that's cool too. Just get on the sideline, but I like to say, for time to vote, you vote with us. But you know, okay. So anyway, sidebar, sidebar. So the Lyman Free um, Violence Prevention Prescription, which is the model that was created within the organization of Mega Boys Club, um, works to act an intervention and prevention method to deal with it. First of all, we look at things from the perspective, again, that violence is a disease. And it's the way of thinking that are causing our children to make decisions that cost them their life or their freedom. The three things that we try to focus on, one, to keep our students alive and free. The decisions that you make every day, every one of them, could cost you your life and your freedom. You have to realize that. 
Secondly, we want every child to understand that you can be the best student you can be. And I don't mean we expect you to be a 4.44 student, but you can be the best student you can be because you've got talents, you've got skills, and those can be developed if you're a little bit behind. But first of all, you've got to see and understand that this is you. We come from a people who created mathematics. We come from a people who developed structures that they don't know how the hell they made back thousands of years ago. So it ain't like it's not there. You just never knew that it existed. But we have to light that fire and get you to recognize that within yourself. And secondly, we got to get you to be a leader. But not just any kind of leader. We got to be, you got to be a good leader. Because we got a whole bunch of people leading people like androids to a picnic. I mean, they just, all this. We got to develop leaders that's going to lead our children in the right direction. And so, keying in on those three different things, we, what, what was developed was the leader, Omega Boys Club Leadership Academy, where they take academics and they learn the methodology of how or what drives the programming and the decision-making process they're on. Because again, they don't recognize that the program that they're on is bad. They think it's exactly the opposite. So first thing is to recognize that the information is bad. Secondly, you got to deprogram that information. They got to understand where it stems from, whether it has to do with the fact that you pissed off at your mom, pissed off at your dad, um, they, they raised you to be a dope dealer. With whatever kind of circumstance you got going on in you, we have to deal with your emotional residue. We have to pull that stuff up out of them. Then, then the last thing, we have to put a new program in. We got to define what the new thinking is going to be. Because so too, way too often, our kids think that the abnormal is normal and that the normal is abnormal. So we got to switch that whole thing around so that they can really see that. And I remember this. Looking at the Cosby Show, I was like, "Don't nobody live like that." I nobody live like Bill Cosby and them, and I was really kind of mad and offended that they were showing this big lie on TV. But no, that is how it's supposed to be. That is how it was for our people. But our kids and we, they just don't know that. They haven't been exposed to that. So it's up to us to redefine what our kids see as normal and abnormal, and get that other stuff out of here. And again, as um, Dr. Norris, and I gotta get used to saying that, Dr. Norris said, you don't have to be their blood parent to give them that information. You don't have to be from their neighborhood to give them that information. You have to be somebody who cares about our children, first and foremost. And you love them so much, you're not afraid of them. That you just have to take them where they are. And we accept all three types of young people. One. The student who never gets in trouble, but is made to feel like something is wrong with them for doing right. They have to be reinforced that it's okay to be okay, to get it right, to be good. You don't have to go through something in your life in order to prove that you're black. Nah, man, that's, again, that's that wrong program. Secondly, there's that student who could go either way. They got all the skill sets, they got all the potential to do great things, but that other side is tugging at them for one reason or another. We have to be able to reinforce and pull them back on the other side and keep them on a straight line. Then we got the third one. That's totally off the hook. I mean, running out there doing God knows what and all this kind of stuff, well, we got to pull them back on the other side. And 
That is not an easy task. Let's get that over. That's not easy. It can be difficult. It can wreck your brain. And yeah, it can be dangerous if they got all this kind of stuff. Okay, we know all that. That still doesn't negate the fact that it has to be done. People marched knowing that they were going to get dogs sick on them. People marched knowing that they were going to get shot at. They knew leaving the house to go participate in the civil rights movement, they may not be coming home. If they can do it, how come we can't do it for our own kids that we know? Because see, they did all that for us who they didn't know. They didn't know you was going to be born. They just knew that this thing had to change right here, right now for the future. So if we don't take that same attitude, then we can't be upset when some kid throws some, some lady on the bar train tracks. We can't be upset at that if going to stand on the sideline. And, and I'm not... And I'm not saying that there's a whole program that you got to do, but it's those little things that you see every day that you can just tell a kid on the bus, why are you yelling like that? That ain't even necessary. That ain't you. That's all because they're never told. If they're not told, how they going to know? Especially if the background is that's where they come from. But they don't know that that's not how they're supposed to act. They only know when they go to jail, the police arrest them. And why they arrested me for doing what I know how to do and the only thing I got to do. They don't know any better. So again, they, it doesn't translate like that. And our job is to make sure that it translates. Our job is to get that bad wiring out, get a new program in, and give them the ability to make better decisions than the ones that they're doing. And in doing that, it creates a natural sense to learn and go further in their life. Yeah, everybody might not go to college, but they will start to see the value in being a, a, a positive part of society, which means that they, in effect, can change their community. One less out there acting like God knows what is one more we got that's responsible. That's one more responsible parent that we have one day. So we're not doing it for the here and now. We're doing it for the future. And it just take that one little voice, one step at a time. Can't do everything all at once. So, so the final question is, or the, the final thought is, um, whether or not it's fair to measure our kids by the same standards that everybody else have, um, or use as a measure stick in terms of quantitative, quantitative analysis. Is it fair for the testing and all this kind of stuff, uh, basically? Is it fair for the Casey test when we know that our kids got all these things they got to go through? You know, um, I've thought about it, but at the end of the day, I think our kids are able to compete with anybody else's kids on any other continent. I don't care where. Bring on all of them, all those tests. It's up to us to make sure our kids are well prepared for whatever they throw at us. Because there's always going to be a test. The system isn't going to change for us. Okay, we're going to put together an African-American test for them and a test and skill sets for everybody else. The global economy isn't, isn't, isn't built on that. The, the, the job market isn't built on that. Nobody else. So forget all that modified stuff. If it's good enough for y'all, it's good enough for us. It's just our responsibility to make sure that our kids get what they need. And if anything, we got to raise enough sand to for an even playing field. That's all we need to ask for, an even playing field. But to change up the standards and all that to meet us where we are, man, go on with all that. 
Because our kids are just as good as anybody else's kids. So my feeling on that, leave it exactly where it is, leave the bar where it is, because our people come from people who met challenges before. They found a way to, 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 to create aqueducts and the whole, figure out how to live in deserts. Can't we pass a test? We can do that. So in closing, I will say, do our students need intervention? Yes, they do. They don't need to be crippled, but they do need intervention. Do our students need to deal with issues that they bring to school? Lord knows, yes. We got to work with our kids. We got to get that stuff out of them so that they can become academic powerhouses and have any decision that they want to in terms of going to college or not going to college. That should be their decision, their decision, not locked into a situation because of some choices that they were forced into because they didn't get it right because we failed them. Because at the end of the day, those of us who know better, it is on us. Those of us who know better, it's our job to go and push that envelope in the way, in the system's way. Since they say there's a way you got to do it, it's our responsibility to learn how it's done and then go do it. Because that's what these folks do. That's why they're so scared of those other folks. Because they understand that, okay, if we don't do this, they're going to hold us up out of here. And I like my cushy job. So they're going to do it. Until we get like that, we don't have nothing to complain off of. But it's got to be enough of us to go out there to make that change and to start with us. So, once again, thank you very much for the opportunity. And continue on. Continue on.